and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. We also take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blodger. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And she has a migraine. I have a migraine. It's not, I've had much worse migraines. This is low on the scale, but it's been going on too long. But we're going to soldier through this. Yeah, because this story takes place tonight. This is probably the freshest episode ever. Is that from, true? You from so? farm to table. <laughs> well, we went to this on a Thursday night, uh-huh. and we are recording this on a Thursday night. Yeah. And then- uh, The same know, Thursday night. We'll release it as soon as we can. On another Thursday night. No, nope. probably not. No. Nope. Probably a Saturday. That's my bad. Saturday morning. Yeah, something like likely. that. Cartoon day. Anyway, we <laughs> saw spiritual ecstasy. We were in spiritual ecstasy. <laughs> in both senses. We were both experiencing spiritual ecstasy and, and we, we were, were in, in a the show, show called Spiritual, spiritual ecstasy. ecstasy. How did you find out about this? So Drew found this. Ooh. Every year Hollywood has something called the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Yeah. And it's little indie plays. And, you know, they call it Fringe Festival, so it does invite this sort of fringy element Hmm. and there's a lot of experimental theater then there's also a lot of pretty typical solo theater and so on but since it does have that word fringe in it sometimes you get shows like spiritual ecstasy (laughs) so i think drew was flipping around seeing what was on fringe this year and he sent us a link to the show and was like guys this seems up your alley Uh and it was called spiritual ecstasy and at first it looked like It was two people doing a a joke, like it's a comedic play about hippy-dippy spiritual people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, that's not what it is. No. Then we looked at the description and it was like, immersive theater done by these two new agey practitioners. Yeah, on the link you sent me, it said, spiritual ecstasy is where Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull meet Deepak Chopra. It's not really that far of a meeting, but... Welcome to live interactive audience participatory theater where you, the audience, determine the subject matter for the show. So we signed up for this. There are five shows only. We went to the first one. We went on Thursday, May 31st. So you guys, you can go to all the other shows if you want to. You can sign up for all four additional shows. If you're in LA or maybe you want to come to LA. And you really should. You should just for this. So Sunday, June 3rd at 10 p.m., Thursday, June 7th at 10 p.m., Wednesday, June 13th at 6 p.m., and Saturday, June 16th at 10 p.m. We'll tell you more at the end, but but really, you should think about going if you're in the Southern California area. And I should mention, those are all in 2018. So if you're listening to this podcast Too late, you missed it. Forget it. So with the service fee, they were $23.35 a person. And it's 12 and older only, so keep that in oh, mind. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Okay. Oh. Ella can't go yet. And yet it says family-friendly, hmm. as long as your family consists of people over the age of 12. It's a PG-13 kind of show. There you go. I wonder if you brought someone who was exactly 12, if they'd really kick them out. Uh, no. Okay. They wouldn't. <laughs> uh, no. So... We arrived at the Lounge Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard. And by we, you mean you, Drew, and myself? That's right. We almost thought we might miss it because my migraine was much worse earlier today. Oh, I'm so glad we didn't. I mean, I'm 
I feel terrible that you have this migraine. Thank you. Thank you. But we showed up and we come to the front desk and they said, oh, you're here for one of the shows. And there were two shows going on at the same time in this building. Right. And we said, oh, yeah, that one, because we could see the picture of the two ladies. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we know which one. The one where there are people holding a skull and Uh purple colors flying all over. We had seen these women before on the website as well. So that's the one we pointed to. They said, oh, okay, great. And so they go to Marcus off of the list of people who've signed up. And there are two entries yeah, on the yours list of tickets. And someone else's. And we were the biggest party. Yeah, well, there were three of us and, and two, two in the other party. We walk into this theater. Well, first I'm thinking like, okay, maybe a lot of people buy their tickets day of. Right, just show up. Yeah. I'm sure they're hoping for that as well. But we walk in. We walk into the theater and it seats 35 people. There's an aisle in between uh, two sets of chairs and we sit in the second row in the bigger bank of chairs and the other two people in the theater are up behind us in the stands and one is filming but they're both filming oh okay yeah they were both on cameras so they had brought them in to record this performance and you and they were the other two people yeah you me and drew were the only ticket purchasers well i think those two might have purchased theirs but only to record it if so Anyway, we were certainly the only people who didn't know them. Already, I thought, oh, no. And you just feel that expectation, like, oh, maybe more people will come in. Should we wait longer? Yeah. I guess we better do the show now. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. And I've been there, man. You know, when you start out in theater, it can be rough. You walk out and you're like, please, 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 just let there be one more audience member than there are cast members. (laughs) Just outnumber us. Uh, And we did do that. Yes. Three to two. The set itself was pretty cool. Yeah, Again, I liked it, it. It's this intimate theater and there are brick walls mm-hmm. on all sides. You can hear the traffic from outside. Yeah, faintly, Leaching but yeah. through a little bit. There's this black archway. It looks like it was maybe wood that's been painted over black. That's just part of the venue itself. Mm-hmm. They've added this green laser diffuser yeah one of those cool patterns like you know party lights and it yeah. takes a green laser and it splits it up into tons of like a, a star field a yeah moving star it looks field. a lot like having those glow-in-the-dark stars on your ceiling except they're moving so those are swiveling all over the place and it looked pretty cool so ooh, did you ever have those glow-in-the-dark stars we're in green outer space no i loved those so much and i would shine my flashlight at them so they'd absorb more light nice yeah <laughs> Anyway, in the center of the room or stage, there was this circular table and it had a cloth draped off of it, like a velvet cloth. Yeah, kind of a shrine feel. There's a light shining in the middle and all of these various spiritual implements. All encased by a pyramid. Yeah, a copper pyramid. Yeah, but like the pyramids were only the axes are represented like it doesn't have walls yeah you only get the The, the edges the edges there you go in the center of that pyramid there's a skull Mm -hmm. going we know there's a a skull yes Yes. a crystal crystal skull of course don't picture a human skull but it's crystal shaped like a human skull exactly Uh, and then you have a couple other things faintly glinting at you and we'll learn what some of them are but not others but a lot of crystals yeah a lot of glass and wax and other substances making various pieces and hanging from the pyramid was a little medallion with the infinity symbol on it oh good spotting i didn't Pick that up. Oh, all right. So they had. I'm a big Buzz Lightyear fan, so I see Infinity and I'm immediately like, that's my man. You see that and beyond. 
Exactly. So they brought out this paperwork for us. <laughs> yeah. Said, hey, this will define how the show goes. So we're going to give you these to fill out. I actually felt a little bad for Drew here because here he is tagging along with us and we're like, okay, now you have to spill your inner soul on this piece of paper. These are really intimate questions. They really are. Deep questions. You and I put ourselves through this all the time, so fair enough, but I felt like poor Drew was Mm. caught in the line of fire. And we should say, before they even ask these questions, it says at the top, if you happen to be where they are, it's no coincidence. Tonight's show is interactive audience participation. Your response is important. Okay, so here are the questions. Why do you think you are here tonight? Do you, the letter U, allow yourself to listen and act on your gut instincts? If you could be doing anything in your life, what would it be? What do you love most about yourself? Deep, man. I've never met you. Yeah. All right, so... First of all, the thing about if you happen to be where they are, it's no coincidence, is all over their stuff. It's on their website, too. I think it's like if you happen to be where these two women are, oh sure, well, fate has planned it. You came to the show, and it was fated. Right, It exactly. wasn't for the other empty 31 seats around us. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> but for us, we were meant to be there, which is all it's the more like, pressing. It, it's just exactly like my least favorite movie, Slumdog Millionaire. The whole lesson is like, it's okay, fate put this one guy in a good position. Everyone else around him, (laughs) terrible things happen, but oh well. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Screw you, Slumdog Millionaire. I've (laughs) I've heard this so many times at churches, too, Mm -hmm. just saying, well, you're here because God had a plan for you. He knew you needed to be here today. Right. It's an easy thing to tell people and get that sense of like, whoa, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because- There are so many contingencies in life that led to us being born in the first place, let alone having arrived at this one fringe festival event. That much is true. Correct. So, yeah, what what did you say? You're going to bury your soul to the listeners? I'll say what I wrote on here. I didn't dig too deep. So, why do you think you're here tonight? I said, (laughs) I'm just rereading this. I said, I like this kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I was thinking, okay, well. I suppose the most direct answer would be, I do a podcast, uh, and this is that for too. that. But instead, I said, to pay very close attention and perhaps learn some things. Okay, all right. Because that is also true. Okay, then do you allow yourself to listen and act on your gut instincts? And I think you and Drew and I all gave sort of Yes and no responses, because, well, that's the truth. Yeah, so, okay, I said, I absolutely listen to my gut instincts since they've been built by my experiences, but I take a number of things into account before I act. Okay, I said very often yes, but I second-guess those instincts more when important things are on the line. As you should, to be honest. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you could be doing anything in your life, what would it be? So I said writing journalism and running a small animal sanctuary and veggie garden with Drew. Nice. Yeah, I thought about this one long and hard. Uh, I don't know. Geez, like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing in life. But I said getting paid to absorb as much information as possible and share my thoughts with others. Okay. And then what do you love most about yourself? I said, I'm very curious, and I've learned to be happy with small delights. Oh, that's nice. I wrote, I like almost everyone I meet. Aw. 
Yeah. I, I feel that comes naturally, and I don't think everybody else automatically likes everyone uh-huh. they meet. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then they asked our names and our email addresses, so we'll probably be hearing from them again. I did not put my email on it. Oh, okay. I just put my first name because I wanted to take the picture of it and not have my email on the picture. Oh, and gotcha. I, I just never put it in there. Fair enough. Yeah, okay, so we turned those in, and at this point, we really don't know if that's going to play a major part in the show or a minor part or what happens Right, and they kind of walk backstage, so I think, are they going to take time to Google us? I know, I I thought, like, is this a hot Hot reading reading. technique? (laughs) Right. Yeah, but But not not really. I I don't sense they gave themselves time to do that, and Mm -hmm. I could kind of see the one woman's phone and it wasn't showing any sort of searches going on. And you know, if they were doing that, they certainly would have Googled my name before we came because all the tickets were under my name. Right. So if that was their kind of thing, they would have. They could have been a lot slyer about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, good point. So here we are, just the three of us, and they're not paying any attention to the two camera people in the audience. So it's just us. Now, when we say there they are, have we said their names? We have not. Let's introduce Rebecca Drew. And Misty Cooper. Misty Cooper is the spiritual alchemist. And Rebecca Drew is an intuitive spiritual entertainer. They've both given themselves trademarked titles. So we've got spiritual alchemist, trademark, and then elsewhere, Rebecca Drew refers to herself as soul photographer, trademark. But we would also learn that Rebecca Drew is a medical intuitive. So first, Rebecca's just out there and Misty's in the back and Rebecca's talking to us a little bit, mm-hmm. you and me and Drew. She's the taller of the two. And there's like no definite beginning to this show. It just kind of turns into a conversation between us and Rebecca that becomes the show. Right. And Rebecca's wearing... Uh, kind of a... Alt- like a tunic. Yeah, a tunic over black pants, mostly dark clothing. Mm-hmm. So she starts by asking us if we've heard of skulls. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we, we're we, like... <laughs> I said, uh, well, certainly. Crystal skulls? Yeah, yeah we kind of help her out. Dot, dot, dot. And she says, yes, well, you've heard of Indiana Jones and the crystal skulls, of course, but... <laughs> They're a real thing, and they were first discovered in 1924. Yes. And then they, they gave the name Mitchell Hedges, though mm. turns out that's the last name. Uh, supposedly, oh. they were found by Anna Mitchell Hedges. Okay. And she was the daughter of Frederick Albert Mitchell Hedges, and she was supposed to be like a real-life Lara Croft, you know, this Tomb Raider, uh-huh. real-life Indiana Jones type explorer who found this that's neat very neat until you realize that uh, they actually purchased no. this crystal skull in 1943 at an auction <gasps> in london no and then just hid it in a cave well this was even years after they supposedly found it so then they backdated it uh, and said oh we found it off in south america oh my god yeah it's the ed and lorraine warren of total, archaeology <laughs> total fake uh, Ugh. Brian Dunning did a Skeptoid episode on crystal skulls, so I recommend that for uh, more of the history behind it. But yeah, it turns out many of these skulls have cropped up over time. There became this whole industry of manufacturing and selling them. So the claim they make is that you can't make one of these crystal skulls, and you certainly couldn't have made them back in whatever time they were <laughs> supposed to be made in. So Because they're thinking on the order of thousands of years ago, 3,000 right. years ago. So it's kind of like the pyramids argument. We don't know how this was made, so therefore there had to be some sort of divine intervention thing going on. There's no way ancient people could do smart things. Right. So (laughs) Even though they're anatomically identical to us. The crystal skull that she has, for example, is really 
really perfectly crafted to the point that I, at least when I held it, was like, yeah, this scene it was made in a factory. Mm. And she mentioned that there originally were 13 or that the legend is all about there being 13, but she said there's many more of them than that, but they're hard to get your hands on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very cool, very cool. So, so, but we hadn't handled them yet. Sure, so I'm that's skipping ahead of us. Yeah. So she tells us the story about going to look for them. Well, sort she of. Yeah, she, yeah, they weren't looking for the skull. <laughs> no. I guess the skull found them. Okay, so they went on a number of adventures. One was to Mount Shasta, uh-huh. which is uh, up in Northern California. Um, they are world travelers. And they oh, yes. They've done all, this work across the world. They go around the world doing spiritual work. I get the impression they're two friends who go on vacation, and that's one of the things they do on vacation. Yes, I think that is correct. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the stories was about them going to the Vatican, Mm -hmm. and they said, we were invited to the Vatican. By a girl whose dad used to be clergy, so she lived inside the Vatican for a while, but doesn't anymore, but, but can go in a she's lot. She's got access, yes. Yeah, so Here she, are some details you don't need. <laughs> I don't know. I could have used more details uh, in this uh, Yeah, <laughs> I guess we just don't want that middle ground where it's very confusing. Yeah, and- if, if you're really going to get this in depth with the story, <laughs> we need a little more context. But somehow they found themselves in the Pope's private garden. Yeah, that sounded cool. Where I no one see else the gets Pope's to... garden. Yeah, and they're saying how serene it is. But then they were trying to find ley lines. They said some ley lines cross under the Vatican, which, by the way, they also cross under the carousel in Disneyland. Oh, that's right. Yeah, listen to Hidden Mickey's episode one. I feel like this is part of one of the Dan Brown novel plots oh totally maybe the angels and demons demons. i think that's right so they found themselves in this church (laughs) yeah i think the implication of that story was supposed to be we were led in the garden and that had something to do with our energy because that so rarely happens yeah and at some point i don't know they had to run away or something but well yeah she said that that girl who used to live in the vatican said as soon as misty and rebecca come all the clergy leave yeah, there was something about their energy that drives them away. Yeah, which like doesn't sound good to me, but right, yeah. I guess uh, it was supposed the to the men of God. Get yeah, it, like flee, flee the room, and yet they were saying that Misty regularly will distract the guards when they need a distraction because <laughs> oh, it was she's Misty. so she's so beautiful. Ah, okay. I thought they were saying it was their other friend who lives in Italy. Oh, I th- I think Misty was the one who's the distractor. Oh, okay, okay. Well, and good for her. We haven't just. Dis- Described her yet, but very pretty lady, a pretty lady, uh, maybe in her forties, yeah, I'd mid say to mid, late forties, yeah. Very clearly from the photos that you see of her online and seeing her in person, she's very proud of her breasts. She has lovely breasts, lovely breasts, and so she's always got them displayed prominently in any photo you find of her. Well, not every photo, but. 60% of the Ross photos. noticed this when perusing the website. I am and... built to notice this. <laughs> Fair enough. The game was that she'd distract the guards while the other two go in and do the spiritual work. Planted wherever they need to be, and then they can do the spiritual work. Oh, but Ross. Ross. Uh, Carrie, is it? Uh, yes, it's me, Carrie Poppy, your mm-hmm. co-host. Yes. I am loving this, but... There are other good people out there making good content. Yeah, like the other shows on Maximum Fun. Exactly. Well, here's one. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we're the host of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up, Up Simpsons. Simpsons. 
every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. Homer wearing that golf outfit is I so funny. It. And then there's, when he gets super into golf, he's wearing the golf hat in, in bed. bed. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, that's yeah. no surprise because it's The Simpsons. But, I mean, like, you, you can't say that about a lot, a, lot of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point have been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. So then there was another story about them being in Paris. And going to the Cathedral of St. Germain. I've been to that cathedral or that church. It's really, really beautiful. Ah. I see why you'd want to go. But Misty was like, and it was too perfect that we ended up there because St. Germain is associated with violet flames. And look at this. And she raises her sleeve and shows us a tattoo on her wrist that has like some sort of violet fire on it yep. we're supposed to be impressed <laughs> that she has a tattoo that has purplish fire mm-hmm. which is sort of associated with saint germain which after she got the tattoo she decided to go to his church i'm very impressed are you saying you're not impressed <laughs> no no okay. I, I don't see a strong connection here so here, she does they're following these ley lines again i think and they find themselves at this strategic point where jesus is on one side of them and mary on the other then they have the skull they've hidden the skull and brought it with them so then they're kind of sneaking that out and again getting someone to block the view of the priest and right okay now we're going to we're going to lock up this negative energy i wonder what the priest would have actually thought if he saw it he'd probably be like these weirdos <laughs> <laughs> and so they've taken it upon themselves to absorb bad energies and put out good energies and they keep referring to people inviting them to do these things Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's happening yeah if you were invited to this church why are you trying to keep the priest from seeing you yeah you weren't invited uh by the pope to his garden and you weren't (laughs) invited by these priests to the church but maybe a friend in paris was like you know where you should go see (laughs) the palace of saint germain that's an invitation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they said that at this certain moment when they'd finished, the priest all of a sudden kind of rushed over there. And so they they hightailed it out. They also told us a similar story at the White House. Yeah, the White House. They'd gone to the White House. They went in the back. They had cleared out the energies in the front of the White House. And then they got so to, they the back, to the back. And then we were rushed out of there. By but, Secret Service. But Which sounds look, exciting. And then they say. They did say, well, it wasn't just us. They had everybody leave the <laughs> they premises. Just, they decided to close down the backside of the White House. Well, Can it, you believe this? It's too bad they didn't finish because the White House could have used uh, some of their expunging. <laughs> That's true. So they're like, yeah, and there was no reason to kick us out. There was no reason. Maybe the White House had a reason. And again, they intimated that somehow they'd been invited there. I think you're just on a a tourist trip of the White House. And that that everyone was kicked out because of their energy work. But again, that makes me just feel like, why? Why are all these people not wanting you places? Sounds like your energy isn't that good. Despite the great work you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So then we were told the amazing coincidence story of them meeting up with this very important skull. Yes, whose name 
is Scully. Yeah, we don't find that out till later, but yeah, it's yeah. named Scully. Scully. Well, he is listed on the program, so I think I can tell you. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says on here. That's just Skull with a Y added at the end. He, yeah, he's listed as performer on here with Scully the Crystal Skull. All right. <laughs> so they had been traveling. I can't remember where. It felt like it was somewhere up the West Coast, perhaps. Oh, I think this was in Shasta. Okay. They kept hearing references to... Susan. Susan this, Susan that. This person's name Susan. This person wants you to meet someone named Susan. And Oh, look, we're going through Susanville now. Well, right. They passed through a town called Susanville. But yeah, people kept saying like, you got to meet Susan. Have you met Susan yet? And they say this as if they didn't respond, Susan who? Uh But like they aren't getting clarification from anyone about who Susan is. There are details missing from the story, clearly. But then finally they did meet a Susan and she was a crystal healer Mm -hmm. and she had a crystal skull in her shop. Oh my goodness, there's more than 13 of these, but still very few. (laughs) Probably very few. So they inquired, oh, well, how much is this? And she said, well... Many people wanted to buy this, but I'm not willing to part with it for them because they didn't have the right energies. But But you... It wants you. Do. It wants to go home with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a baller sales move. This is where we avoid looking at each other (laughs) because we both know what we're thinking. Oh my gosh. I love it. I was telling Ross on the way to recording this that that is basically the plot of an actual I Love Lucy episode <laughs> where the same trick is is used on Lucy Ricardo and works. You said that she buys this painting under yeah. the same sales yeah. tactics and then the moment she leaves... He pulls out an identical painting and puts it on the canvas. <laughs> I love that mental image. They walk off with Scully the Crystal Skull. Mere moments later, another skull pops out. Exactly. In the same spot. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, there's another I Love Lucy episode that's very similar where she becomes a sculptor. <laughs> what? But- did they use similar I guess so. They've got 10 seasons, Ross. And back then, a season was many more episodes. I I couldn't work up the bravery to ask how much they paid for it, but you did later. Yeah. Toward the end of the show. I tried to work it in gracefully, but I think it still (laughs) made them uncomfortable. It it totally stood out, but they answered. I needed to know. Yeah, they said, why do you want to buy one? I was like, (laughs) nope, just curious. The skull wants me, clearly. <laughs> and it was $1,500. That's a lot for... That's a lot. It's a lot more than it cost to make it. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, was done recently. Yeah, none of those crystal skulls are ancient. That's not a thing. But they believed it was, so yeah. it was worth $1,500. Yep. Oh, you know who yes. loves skulls? Everyone who has one? Yes, that's true. <laughs> but you know who had a crystal skull? Indiana Jones? And Hitler. Oh, yes. Oh, my. How did I almost forget this? This is such a strange detail. So what does she tell us Hitler did with one of these skulls? So she said that he had one, which I couldn't believe. He was an art collector. So, yeah, maybe. And that, you know, it has all this very powerful energy and it was helping him win the war. And I'm thinking, you could have said, like, rise to power and maybe. I'd believe it, but he didn't He win didn't the win the war. Yeah. He, he very he lost. famously lost the war. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a big deal. You know, died in the bunker and everything. Yeah. But then she assured us, well, don't worry. That skull later ended up with the Tibetan monks and they cleared it out and it's only filled with love now. 
And that was the power of this goal, she told us, is that it can absorb negativity and replace it with love. But then I'm still just thinking, like, what effect did that have on Hitler then? Oh, and I'm so confused. I'm willing to bet that is not true about Hitler having the skull. When I did a brief, admittedly cursory search here, I could see one site saying that Himmler had a skull, uh, but then even the site admitted there's no citation. Uh, They're like, oh, we're looking into this more. It, whenever you hear anything about Hitler, I can believe it might not be true. Sure, but there was legitimately an interest in archaeology amongst right. the Nazis and the Spear of Destiny and, and all that stuff. And so, art. And the occult. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out. Exactly. Uh, but I don't. At least yeah, uh, nothing comes up right away. So I'm, I'm guessing it's not a real thing. So at this point, they turned to the real stars of the show, us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, said, well, let's talk about what you wrote on your cards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In this moment, I, again, just felt a little, like, naked. Just like, what gives you the right <laughs> to talk to me about these personal questions? Well, and so you much wrote, of this write on these cards. dynamic, sure, sure. So much of this dynamic would be different if the audience were full. Yeah, that's true. You could diffuse this far yeah. more. And I felt uncomfortable for them already. Yeah, me too. And they're troopers. They were doing a great job. They Mm -hmm. continued with the show. They treated us as the center of attention. Yeah. And never made any nod to the fact that this is a mostly empty theater. I didn't get any indication that they were trying to be perfunctory about it or just get through it and get it done and go eat somewhere. Right. So that was nice. But that means they had to just lay into us to expose our most intimate desires and wishes. And they first fished in that way just saying like well who wants to talk about what it is you want to do and drew really gamely answered yeah both you and i were waffling a bit on this and drew said oh yeah well and he jumped right in there and talked about how he wants to travel more so drew says he wants to travel more now what's really funny about this is like a sort of litmus test is that I think a lot of people want to travel more. It's like a very common thing. And usually the only thing stopping you is your own mind or not having enough money. <laughs> but if you really put away money, you could do, you know, all that. So I think probably they've heard this answer before and kind of have a rote response. Oh, yeah. Okay. Drew's reason for not traveling a ton is quite unique, I think. Hmm. He has pretty bad travel anxiety. And also since he has a disability, sometimes when he travels, like things crop up in a city that he doesn't expect and he can't access whatever, you know, so it's oh, like, yeah. it's a little more of a project for him than oh, the average If there's a language traveler. barrier that can add into Even it, worse. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's totally understandable that it is stressful for him and he's trying to get past that stress and he's doing all the things a person should to get past that. But they didn't notice his disability and probably wouldn't have connected it anyway. Mm -hmm. So they were just like, oh, okay, well, what's stopping you? Just go, go to hostels, just it can be like $10,000 a year if you're couch surfing on couches in Europe. And Rebecca was trying to get into his past and expose whatever it was in his family situation. So are your parents married? He's like, yep, still are. Okay. Well, <laughs> were they really stern with you when you were a kid? No. 
No, mm-hmm. not really. Well, okay. Well, do you <laughs> do you feel like you judge yourself sometimes? Drew's like, well, yeah, I'm sure, everybody sure, yeah. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were starting to talk about his inner child and how you need to be there when you sense that inner child who's scared and being told not to do things, like hold his hand and help him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and then I, I like how Rebecca would get into giving him financial advice. Like, well, do you buy things with a credit card? Oh, yeah. She really like. He said, oh, I try try not to that much. And, oh, well, you know, you, you can earn airline points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this really? is all just like ant advice. You can earn airline points? <laughs> That's possible? But still pay it off every month. Yeah, make sure Whoa. you do that. <laughs> Thank you, Susie Orman. Is that her name? Susie Orman? Susie Orman, that's the finance yeah, okay. lady. Yeah. I think it is Susie. Oh, we're going to get so many emails. It's, I know it's spelled Suze, but I think it's pronounced Susie. Oh, okay. And I know it's S-U-Z-E for sure. All right. Please, everybody, everybody email us. Assume that we have not looked this up after the recording and, that we and email can't, us. We can't look things up. <laughs> oh, no, it's Susie. Yeah! You got it right. Woo! All right. Oh At least according goodness. to this website. Okay. Well, that website's right for sure. So clearly they want to be problem solvers. They do. And they do this thing that always, always irritates me. We've run into it 100 million times. Mm-hmm. It's the same. They do it way less than Tony Robbins, but it's the same thing Tony Robbins does. Ah. That's like very smug and like I'm trying to get one step ahead of your answer so mm-hmm. that I can call your answer goofy or dumb uh-huh. in, in a loving way <laughs> and it just comes off so like smug and like <laughs> I am automatically better than you because I am standing up here and it's just it always like rubs me the wrong way so they're just standing there telling Drew like well what's stopping you oh well what about that you know you could just stop it just stop and I was just like you stop it <laughs> It annoys me so much. Yeah. Oh, clearly you just needed to hear this one thing that you haven't considered in all your years exactly. of existence. Exactly. And I've never met you. I have very little detail. <laughs> Maybe you didn't want to tell me every detail because I am a stranger. <laughs> but I get it. I get your whole life and I have the solution. Which then puts you on the defense of like, well, now I need to explain why that's not a simple answer. Right. Or, or I've al- already or, considered it. or Right. Or just... Be a trooper and say, "Oh, that's interesting. Okay, Thank I'll you. try that." Which is what the sweet best Drew response. Did. <laughs> yes, yeah. Drew handled it like a champ. He's not like you or I, who I think are more defensive <laughs> of like our personal decisions. Like we thought this out. Yeah, yeah. You're not giving me good advice, and I'm going to show you why. You're not telling me anything I didn't know already. <laughs> we're really fun and cool as audience members, <laughs> especially when we're two thirds of the audience. Uh, honestly, even though we both made it harder for them, I think we did it nicely. Yeah, I don't yes. think we were jerks. Oh, the, I, we're describing our internal dialogue yeah, here, yeah, yeah. not our external one, thankfully. So then they asked Drew to hold a skull. Not yeah. the crystal skull, though. No. They, they went to the table and they grabbed a skull. A different one that From was the side of the pyramid. Him. Yeah, and it was dark, maybe like a resin. Yeah, yeah it was like dark reddish Brown, almost black. Yeah, it looked like... Seemed heavy, though. Maybe a waxy material or a wooden material uh, with a coating on it, something like that. Yeah, maybe. As she handed it to Drew, she said, this is Jesus. And it's a a smaller scale skull, so it's maybe half the size of a real skull. 
And yeah, Jesus. And, and she said, it's not a name I would have chosen, but it told me. It told me. My name they is Jesus. They all tell me their names. And that one is called Jesus. And she kind of like was apologetic about it almost, you know, sorry, this is named Jesus. I hope <laughs> right. you're not offended sort of thing. It's a weird... I almost said like, yeah, it's a name. <laughs> I tell people all the time, and it's true. I would have been really tempted if I had had a son after my deconversion uh-huh. to name him Jesus. Oh, yeah. Because then you just have teachers kind of looking up, okay, white kid. Right. Uh-huh. Hey, Sue. Uh, <laughs> no, my name is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They do that in Hispanic culture all the right, time. Right, right. People totally. are named Jesus. Yeah. And Joshua is technically the same name, Yeshua, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, just through a different mm-hmm. route. So, uh, yeah, I would totally name my child Jesus. What if? You and then just I could be like, God. Jesus, get in here, or you know, there's uh-huh, all kinds uh-huh. of fun things I could do with that. Jesus, uh-huh. <laughs> get your shoes off the carpet. Yeah, you'd have to actually kind of expunge it from your vocabulary as an expletive because <laughs> you could confuse your child so easily. That's true. You wouldn't take the Lord's name in vain unless you consider naming your child after yeah, the Lord there you go. in vain. But then take it up with the population of Mexico and South America if you don't like that. I think everyone should name their child God. That's Maybe an interesting Maybe not everybody. Yeah. Someone. Listen, if you're listening to this right now and you're pregnant, I just want to put forth that you could name your child God and I would be very happy about it. That's really interesting because obviously people don't have any problem naming their children Muhammad. Mm-hmm. or Jesus. So yeah, why, why is it in our culture we don't do that? But God, wow, fascinating. No one calls their kid God. Oh, please, somebody name your child God. See, now you're getting on board. Yeah, let us know that you thought. <laughs> okay, so Carrie, you intimated that you had an idea for the name of a skull, if you had a skull. Oh, yes. Maybe I wouldn't actually go with this, but immediately I was like, come on, there's got to be a skull called Yurik. Oh. But none of them were. Alas, poor Yurik. Exactly. Um, that would totally make sense. I would give this great thought if I had a skull bestowed upon me. Uh-huh, sure. I, I would definitely think about the first thought is Dr. Bones, but... Oh, is that the character from Bones? Well, Dr. Jones, but this uh, is Dr. Bones. But I think there's also a Dr. Bones in Bones. Oh, I'm sure. I think it's Emily Deschanel. Okay. Yeah, cool. Glad we had this. <laughs> so they give Drew Jesus. Yeah, and, and Drew... Stared very contemplatively and fixedly at Jesus mm-hmm. for a long time. He held him in his hands and they had a real moment. With no sense of irony. He was really there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then they wanted to talk to me. And they had remembered. Uh, I was going to say this like, it's so cool. They remembered what you wrote. There's three of us. So Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, so it's kind of weird. She, she came to me and she said, so tell me about what it is you want, I think is what she said. Mm, okay. And I said... In this moment, or like in my life, I wasn't sure like what scope of thing they were going for. She said, just in general, just in general, because I have a feeling that the thing you wrote isn't it. And I was like, oh. And she said, so what you would do if there were just no limitations at all, (laughs) just no limits. And so I start thinking like, okay, no limit. Okay, go backwards in time. I, I don't know. And then I thought of when I was in seventh grade and I saw a picture of the earth from the moon Hmm. and like how impactful just that feeling in my chest of looking at that picture for the first time. And I thought seeing that in person. So I said, okay, I'd go to the moon, which is a very rhythmia of me. (laughs) Yeah. And Mrs. Moon. (laughs) Yeah. So then Misty said, so you want to be an astronaut? And I said, no. (laughs) 
You just asked if I could go anywhere. Where'd I go? I'd go to the moon. I'd just shoot straight to the moon, please. And then she asked, well, are you a starseed? Well, no, wait. First, they were like, but are you human? Oh, yes. That so, was the lead up to the starseed And question. I thought they were going to try to, you know, be you, rational oh, about it. Oh, you okay, can't you breathe can't on the moon. That. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, like, you die. So they say, are you human? And I'm like, uh-huh. Took completely human. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going somewhere different with this. <laughs> and they're like, there's nothing in you that's not human with like twinkles in their eyes. And so I'm like, well, a lot of the DNA in my body is bacteria. <laughs> yeah, that answer. I thought, I, this is funny because you started answering and I thought you were going to say something like, well, I am 2.8% Neanderthal oh, or something right, like right. that. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, it's not what we mean. <laughs> so they reeled it back and asked their question about whether you were starseed. Are you a starseed? And I'm like, well, yes, everything is. Aren't we all? They're like, okay, so you can go to the moon right now. Mm-hmm. Ah, so okay. she solved your problem for you. <laughs> you can meditate and go to the moon. Mm-hmm. And then like, she asked, okay, have you done ayahuasca? Yes. I couldn't believe this. So I say, no i haven't (laughs) didn't mention a tincture or anything nope yeah i wasn't sure i almost went into it and then i was like (laughs) short answer no and then she's like okay that's too bad because ayahuasca just it shoots you off into the ether and you can just you can experience other dimensions I'm I've pretty been to sure the 12th dimension. I went to the 12th dimension. <laughs> so Very specific. specific dimension. <laughs> I mean, 11th is fine, but it gets boring very you gotta quickly. You got to get to that 12th, man. It's like the 13th floor in the elevator. <laughs> <sighs> and then she assured us that ayahuasca is not a hallucinogen. Yeah. What was the point of saying that? I think her point was I literally went to those places. I wasn't hallucinating. Well, and as you've learned, that's a good way to get to the moon. So I think yeah. we figured this out. <sighs> a problem I didn't know I had has been solved in a stupid way. <laughs> And then at some point, I think there were some other things in between, but they asked if any of us had had ayahuasca. And so yes. I, and oh, I pointed at you. I raised my hand. Yeah, I don't have. Oh, and they were suddenly very <laughs> interested in me. Where did you do this? In Costa Rica. Oh. And then they asked if we were working with, uh, and they, they used a term I hadn't heard before. So I. Kinda, oh, yeah, but something like a shaman. Yeah. yeah and then was, they clarified a shaman. So, yeah. Oh, well, well, yes, uh, kind of, yes. And uh, so they talked about, oh, well, that's great. Good good on you for being so open. And then they handed me a geode, which was speaking to me. Oh, that's right. Me, I needed that geode energy. What did it look like? So it was spherical. And then like a, a slice of the orange had been taken out. Gotcha. And the outside was like black pockmarked. But if light shone on it, you'd see purple undertones. Oh, cool. And then the part where the orange slice was taken out was that beautiful crystally geode part. And oh, cool. it was purple and white and, you know, shone light in every direction. Very pretty. Geodes are so nice. Yeah, geodes are cool, man. Yeah, I held that. It's pretty heavy. Okay. I would say that thing was a good eight pounds. There was some sort of lull in the conversation. They never explicitly asked me what my goals were, but I think at this point I felt like, well, I should put myself on the chopping block as well Uh and mention that my answer was sort of circumspect because I feel like I'm happy with life, but the thing I always joke about is, you know, no one pays me to read. I feel like I'm so busy in life that... 
I'm always running from one thing to the other and I don't mm-hmm. get to just have deep concentration on anything. So totally. that would be my goal is to just be absorbing as much information as I like to, which is kind of my rest state, mm-hmm. and then sharing my ideas with others. I'm, obviously, that's what I do with the podcast. So that, that's a great outlet for that. But, it, you know, I feel like maybe I could be doing even more of that. So mm-hmm. put that out there. But I didn't mention podcasts. And she said, well, how would you do that? And I said, well, you know, like through animation, a film, books, podcasting. And to clarify, you didn't say that you host this one. You're just saying you mentioned podcasting. Right. That was in the list of things that I could do as an outlet. Right. And she responded and said, well, you could start a podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's very easy. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good. I'm going to do that. So she'd found her easy answer. So uh, on her advice, I am going to, uh, I'm going to podcast from now on. You know what's so funny about that too is like, This setup of having the answer to everything just means that you, the question asker, will always be wrong. No matter how you set it up, you didn't do this right. You know, because I feel like if you had been like, I don't know, I just feel really dissatisfied with my life, then they'd be like, isn't your life already perfect? And you'd be like, well, yes, in a lot of ways. (laughs) See, that's what you really need is Mm -hmm. to just be happy with life. But you started out with I'm happy with life. So that... (laughs) No, we don't need that. Okay. Well, I'm I'm kind of busy. Well, that's easily fixable. You know, mm-hmm. it just seems like you can't win. As long as it ends with them giving you sage advice, then right. all is well. Which naturally just invites the criticism of, well, what's so perfect about your life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To the the other person, you're thinking, oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. You've got it all figured out, or shall mm-hmm. I give you some sage advice too? Totally. That's my problem with life coaches. Whenever <laughs> I see someone's just a life coach, I'm like, I guess that's cool, but I is would that your want... ultimate goal? Yeah. If someone was getting advice about how to have a life, you better have an amazing life. <laughs> sure. On the other hand. All of us are better at giving advice than we are at following our own advice internally. Yeah, that's true. We're we're all the best experts on how to live our own best lives. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I should be doing differently. Mm -hmm. Actually getting that done, that's another thing, exercising that kind of willpower. I think about this a lot about which is more useful the objective point of view or the subjective one like you ross do you have a better point of view about your life or do i someone who's close to you but has a little distance you know i'm sure neither is yeah there's an interplay of both right Right. because uh, we all have our own lacunae yeah our Our own lacunae that's what i was gonna say (laughs) we've all got our own lacunae what is that is that a soup a lacuna is the the gap in your vision your blind spot oh blind spot okay Uh, our own lacunae we all have these blind spots where we don't see our own lapses in judgment or critical thinking and yet we're very good at identifying them in In others others, so the the best you can do is try to be self-reflective and see yourself in the eyes of others but you're still just going to miss things. So it is helpful to have those other voices. But you know what really would improve somebody's life? Genuinely, Ross, if I could give you one thing. Yeah, if someone is telling you like, well, Carrie, I'm generally like, I'm pretty happy in life, but... Well, no, I mean you, Ross. Oh. Honestly, if I could give you... Well, this is how I talk. Oh, Carrie, I'm generally happy (laughs) in life, but but maybe you know some way I can make my life better. Uh, uh, This is... I'm not... 
kidding. I would genuinely be like, Ross should get more sleep and rest. Oh, that's honestly the number one thing I'd say. There's clusters of things in your life that all come back to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, it's a good thing I have sheets from Brooklyn. Oh, very nice. Because I do enjoy going to bed. They are. They're incredibly comfortable sheets. I have Brooklyn and sheets too. I like them a lot. And you're right. Everybody needs lots of sleep because... That ties into your health, mm-hmm. into your mental wellness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. preparedness to uh, take care of life. So yeah, you're not saving anything by cutting hours out of your sleep. You're not. Everyone should sleep as much as I do, which is a ton. So get some Brooklyn and sheets and you'll want to spend more time in bed. You could sleep like a podcaster. Brooklinen's been around since 2014, and they were founded with the philosophy that beautiful home essentials don't need to have crazy prices. Yeah, that's a good philosophy. And they've got over 20,000 five-star reviews. Now, listeners to Ono, Ross, and Gary know that for a while that number was 15,000 five-star reviews. But baby, it has gotten up to 20,000 five-star reviews, which gives them 100,000 stars. (laughs) One star to you, Carrie, for figuring that out. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for our listeners Get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code RossAnnCarry at brooklinen.com. Now I know what you're thinking, everybody. I am panicked. How can I use a promo code that is not, oh no, but sometimes it's Ross and Carrie. Hey, they want to make sure you're paying attention listening to this episode. Exactly. And Brooklinen is so confident that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use the promo code Ross and Carrie, all one word, at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code Ross and Carrie, R-O-S-S-A-N-D-C-A-R-R-I-E dot com. Dot com. So that's enough describing our symptoms. How about some treatment? Yeah. So they asked Drew if he wants to come up and work out some of his energy with this sword. I think they offered it to all three of us and Drew jumped up. So Drew is just a willing participant. Yeah. Well, they showed us this sword. It, you know, it looks like a, a, a kid's sword or something. Yeah, it's just like two sticks of wood. At perpendicular angles, one of them shorter than the other. A cross, if you will. Upside down cross. But it has a hilt and then extending from the end of the hilt to the edges of the cross section, forming like a kite shape going all mm-hmm. around these four points, is this kind of plastic... Band. Oh, okay. You could see it closer than I could. Mm-hmm. And so it's plastic. Was it flat or tubular or? The band itself was flat. Okay, like a rubber band. Yeah, and it was okay. clear. So then they wave this sword around and it starts making all these cool. Yeah, really cool sounds. Reminded me of like a theremin, but only the low sounds a theremin makes. Yeah, I was thinking these are some of the sounds were ones that you could get out of a didgeridoo if you were doing it right. uh They invited us up if we wanted to use this to cut energies. Cut energies. So like if, if you're connected to an old negative memory or energy of something that you picked up, maybe a a negative person in your life Mm -hmm. that you symbolically cut that with this sword and it goes (laughs) while you do. Yeah. So we call this the cord cutter. Drew came up and they waved another sword around him, Mm -hmm. but then they asked him, well, do you want to 
fend off your own energies and make cuts. And Drew's like, yeah. So he's <laughs> waving around and getting pretty intricate he about it. so cute. Did a lot over his head. And I thought, oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, those chords that come from above. Oh, yeah. Like puppet strings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. cut those. So I, I like that. And I, I mimicked that a little later when I got my own chance. And he was looking like really serious and committed about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was cutting lots of stuff. Now, I did notice that I think it was Misty came up and cleared the energy right in front of his penis. Did she really? She like wagged the, oh, I totally- <laughs> the sword like vaguely in front of his penis and then did the same with you. Oh. <laughs> so I-, I think she's like, penises always need clearing. <laughs> I t- totally didn't notice that. <sighs> then again, I think I had my eyes closed when she was clearing you my energies. So- <laughs> and I was like, I can't wait to tell Ross that his dick is clear. That's funny. Well- Good. Uh, After Drew's clearing, she ran the sword around him, and then she made this kind of whoosh, whoosh sound. Reminded me a little bit of the ayahuasca ceremonies. And then she made a motion with one hand of sort of pulling back on this cable from the back of Drew's head and then slicing it. Oh, okay. This reminds me a bit of another investigation that we should be releasing in not too long, but a, a cable that comes kind of uh, psychically silver cord. from the back of your head. Yeah, and it was interesting. Like, well, that's not one you're even supposed to be able to cut. So this was some sort of different energetic cord, but apparently a, a negative one. So I got up there. It was my turn. She asked if anybody else wanted to do this. Like, well, yeah. And so I'm waving this around. They even made jokes that this seems like something out of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And when, it does. when I got up close to it, I could look at the hilt and it said Ohm Wand trademark nice. again. And uh, it gave the website. So yeah, sure enough, you can go to ohmwand.com, O-M-W-A-N-D.com, enter promo code Ross and Carrie. Ross and Carrie. That's not true. <laughs> but you can get it for $25 there at their store. And uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. It makes cool noises. I think I'm going to get Drew one for That's, our anniversary. I'm a little tempted to get one myself. Yeah. Those... No one tell Drew. Shh. It's July 4th. Does I'm he trusting listen to, all of you. Does he listen to the show? He always says he listens to the show live, so he doesn't listen to the recorded version, but Fair. he's not here tonight. Fair. But usually he's here listening to us. And gets a much longer director's cut. (laughs) If it was a really bad director. Yeah. (laughs) So I was pretty tickled by that and uh, got to wave it around. I also cut cords above me. And Rebecca said that I was stealing moves from Misty. I guess somehow in the way I was, <laughs> okay, you know, there's only so many ways to wave yeah, a sword around. Yeah, of course. Around. Also, she's instructing you. I'm making figure. Anyways, so then she also comes to pull that energy at the back of my head. And this is where she mentions that at the back of your head is the mouth of God. Yes. I think the Tibetans call it that maybe. But she was saying that this is where you can cut off all these negative energies and also, this is where your holographic memories are stored, which includes- I know what each of those words means, <laughs> which includes memories of past lives. Oh my God. So often throughout the night, she would just throw out like some quick uh, mumbo jumbo of just like, oh, wow, that was a really important sounding word that you just mixed in oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't have time to unpack it. Right. Uh, yeah. And also like, I guess we're all just accepting in this room that we have past lives and we're just moving past that. With these individuals, that's a, a given. It's, but yeah, I guess the Akashic record is stored in the base of your skull. I, or is it just your memories? Your local copy, maybe? Yeah. You're, 
But exactly. It, it felt like they had an agglomeration of every possible implement of spirituality. Yeah. It was just this great collection that they pack up and carry with them everywhere mm-hmm. around the world. They've been invited around the world. <laughs> oh, boy. So then they asked you if you wanted to try out the sword. Yeah. Jerry, you want to come on up? <laughs> and I said, you know, I've had a migraine today and it doesn't sound too great to get up there and, you know, swish around. Which they instantly respected. Yes. Very nice. And I said, but if you want to, like, do it around me. And so they kind of did that a little bit around my head, but not too much. I think they had a different treatment in store for me. Yeah. So then Rebecca Drew was like, well, you know what you should do if you get migraines is, have you ever heard of Anthony William? And I said, I don't think so. And she said, he's a medical medium. And his book, Medical Medium, Oh, it's so good. And it will tell you all about how to fix this. And did you ever have mono? Oh, yeah. That was so out of left field. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I had mono when I was 17. Okay. Because a lot of the problems that people have, migraines, cancer, (laughs) asthma, whatever, are all from the Epstein-Barr virus, which is mono. It's a low-level version of mono. So random. So she told me to buy this book. I probably won't. Oh, look, here's his book, Medical Medium Liver Rescue. Oh, I saw that on his website. Number one New York Times bestselling author of Life-Changing Foods and Thyroid Healing. They have answers to eczema. Hey. And psoriasis. Diabetes. Is eczema what you have on your foot? Yes. Oh, maybe we should get this book. Oh, and uh, my wife doesn't have her thyroid my anymore, wife. so I guess it's too late to <laughs> to heal her thyroid. Maybe it'll come back. <laughs> if they could grow back a thyroid. <laughs> They would You'll make be a, a believer. They'd make a believer out of me, that's for sure. So, yeah, then she mentioned- Right now, she's got a biroid, but she'd have a hyroid. <laughs> it gave me such a pitiful look. <laughs> no, no, that was quality, quality humor. There. And yet, there's just so much sympathy in your eyes. <laughs> it's like, well, you tried. So then Rebecca told you that you should try his diet and- yeah, that, that'll clear you right up and it'll take care of all these pathogens and all these issues that you're having with migraines. You'll never have them again. Pathogens it, in your brain. It'll clean out your colon. Because it's toxins that make you have migraines. Pathogens that live in your brain. It was a bunch of nonsense. She, this lady loves giving advice. Yeah, She was in giving advice mode. But then she told you that this diet is too difficult for her to do. Yeah, so she said, I guess they know a woman who implements the diet for people, like she cooks up the food for you and then like you pay for your meals through her. Okay. And they said, you know, we we did it. It's much easier if someone's there to prepare it for you, but of course that's really expensive. When we've tried to do it on our own, we've never lasted more than three weeks because you don't eat a single gram of fat. That's insane. Yeah, that's not good for you. Don't hmm. do that. Hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't do that, Carrie. I won't. Not worth it. Then they had another treatment for both my migraine and y'all's spiritual problems. Okay. They were going to play some music. Now, I know it's classic. If someone has a migraine, definitely play loud music for them. <laughs> so they turn on like a recording of a woman singing. 
Yeah, that was playing on in the background and it was ethereal, it was echoey, and the woman was making all kinds of high noises and sideways noises and there was some sort of manipulation that had been done to this in post-processing. So just in the background, you have these, and it wasn't that weird. And I'm making it sound more like a theremin than it did, but they led us in this meditation that was following this music in the background. And then they started to bring in instrumentation into this. Yes. So we're all meditating and quiet and we have our, Eyes closed. We're meditating on the thought that we are an agent of the divine or something like something that. Something like that. And they pull out a drum. <laughs> Carrie blinks slowly as she says drum. <sighs> it was kind of like a gong in that it like hung from her hand sideways. Yeah, there was a, a skin drum. Uh, but and then they'd bring it over to bang us. bang it like a gong. And they had us making sounds as well with... The, them during the meditation and so i remember kind of chanting an ohm or something like that and they would bring by this drum and sort of hit it back toward me so my own voice would reverberate back in my face oh that's kind of cool which sounded kind of cool yeah. yeah i bet that's neat but so, then they but brought then the they drum start over moving closer to me so you're sitting sort of next to the aisle mm-hmm. and then it's drew and then it's me so they're passing by and i am thinking surely they will at least stop with Drew. They are not going to bang a drum into my ear, but they banged a drum into my ear. Lady with a migraine, hey, thump, thump, thump. <laughs> Lady like, with a migraine, thump. I think stayed there extra time. I think she was oh, thinking no. she was going to like send healing vibes to me or something. I don't know, but it hurt. Oh, It hurt a lot. terrible. Because you can't bang a drum next to someone with a headache. (laughs) So then they went back and I'm thinking like, great, my headache's worse. And then Rebecca brought out a couple of wind chimes. Yeah, she had a special name for what kind of chimes they were. They were so pretty. Yeah, it was pretty cool too. They made really interesting noises. She would bang them together and then... So it was really beautiful when they were just dangling. (laughs) But then she'd flap them together. Yeah, pretty violently. Yeah. And they made these cool noises, but probably not if you have a migraine. Yeah, a little percussive on the old brain. Oh my gosh. I was was just like, this is obvious. This is very basic that you don't do this with someone with a migraine. I mean, maybe if there were 30 people here, ignore me, but there are three people here. Uh Cut out the part with the drums and the smacking. Oh my I'm God. sure they'd just momentarily forgotten, but yeah, they're terrible. I don't know, because after it, they said, now, if you feel that your migraine's better, you know, think on that oh, or something. Okay. And then she okay. said, or maybe it made it worse. I don't know. And I just, just didn't respond. Just <laughs> Shot daggers with your eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So outside of that context, very cool noises they were generating. Oh, and we forgot to mention that after they had talked to me for a while and fixed my problems, they decided that it was time that there was a special skull that was ready to speak to me. The and crystal skull. They kind of conferred with each other like, do you think, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he's the one. I think. He's the chosen one. <laughs> so they went and they retrieved Scully, the skull, <laughs> from the center of the pyramid and brought him over to me and placed him in my hands very heavy. He's got sort of milky white stone in the front of him. Then very quickly, there are 
uh, striations of green. Yeah, like jade. Yeah, like a very bluish green patterns of rock inside of the crystal, the quartz, whatever it is. And it was very pretty. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I stared into its eyes for a while and examined it and uh, then handed it over to Carrie. Yes, uh, when you were getting up to use the wand. Right. We were making lots of Scully jokes. When they first handed it to me, I to said, them. Scully. Ah, uh, okay. They didn't, I didn't notice. They didn't get that. Um, but when they handed it to me, or when you handed it to me, I said to them, oh, do you have a molder? And she was like, a what? No idea what you're talking about. They're both like, what? What? Oh, they're the X-Files characters. Oh, Never knew that. We're not she into that kind know. of stuff. When we exited the theater later, there were pictures on the wall of foxes, and one of the pictures was just David Duchovny, David Duchovny. as Mulder, and I had to explain to Carrie that his first name is Fox. Yeah, see, so so forget it. None of us but know anything about x Think about apparently. the synchronicity there. Yes, and you look like David Duchovny, and you were there. Synchronicity. <laughs> See, we can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't an accident that we were there. So they did eventually take Scully back from you. But not before they told me to hold Scully's third eye up to my third eye. And then I I felt jealous. I never got to hold Scully's third eye up to my third eye. That's right, Blodger. That's right. I need to buy tickets again just to go back. (laughs) You should. Give me that skull. You know what, listeners? You should go back to Spiritual Ecstasy because maybe Ross will pick one other night to go. You never know. Maybe you'll meet Ross. Maybe. Ross is making a face like probably not. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not that it wasn't delightful. Oh, I feel like I left out some uh, fun details about Misty. Uh, She has kind of the Jennifer Aniston Hair going on, I'd say. Oh yeah, yeah, She's yeah. Got the Rachel. Um, yeah, like season season two, season three, I think. She's also just got many little points of light and reflectiveness coming off of her. Many, yeah, necklaces. Uh-huh. And she likes shiny stuff. Bracelets. Yeah, you can just see that. Even her shoes. That- and her phone case had like a bunch of rhinestones. Yeah. Well, at one point her phone went off and it had a oh, very yeah. mystical sound. Almost felt like it was part of the show. She's like, uh, "Can you turn that off?" Yeah. Rebecca. But yeah, from her belt buckle to all of her accoutrement, there were all these little shiny bits of jewelry everywhere. And then her shirt was uh, black and I think ever so slightly see-through and okay. had sort of a, a almost leopard printy sort of print to it. Uh, and then you could see her bra underneath. Boy, course. I didn't notice any of this, but oh, I believe you. This is her M.O. People are going to see the pictures and they're going to be like, oh, Ross wasn't just overemphasizing this. This is a real thing. Well, that's all very interesting, Ross. But (laughs) you know who else is interesting? Not just Ross, but also Rob. Well, that's convenient because we have a Jumbotron from Stephanie, Will, Sergi, Aaron, Carl, and Peter for Rob. For Rob. He's that interesting. (laughs) That's right. It's a shout out to Rob, also known as Blob, also known as Blorn, also known as Robocop. (laughs) <laughs> who has been cut from the company, oh. but not from our hearts. Huh. We wish you the best of luck in your next future endeavors. Please drop by from time to time to hang out. That's really sweet. Yeah. Rob, it gets better. And if you ever use a fake name, Rob, call yourself Ross. We'll be like fake name buddies. Exactly. But then everyone will still call you Rob because it's impossible yeah. to remember. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stupid strategy. <laughs> And we also have a Jumbotron to Buddy Sorrell's wife, Pickles. Listen, I'm a big fan of the Dick Van Dyke show. And 
Buddy Sorrell's wife is named Pickles, but we very rarely see her, and I love that name, and I've always wanted to name a dog Pickles. Hey, well, this message is for Pickles from Pickles. And it says, Dear Pickles, you believe it? We are on Ono, Ross, and Gary. What? We're famous now. E.T. and Randy would be so proud. Happiest five years ever. Love, Pickles. P.S. R.I.P. Mudslinger. Oh, We don't know what any of this means. We barely knew ye mudslinger. <laughs> we still don't. Th- this feels like one of those schmoopy like situations. Like, no, you're schmoopy. Uh-huh. You're schmoopy. Yeah, for sure. This is a lot of inside jokes, and we approve. You're both pickles. Have I ever told my favorite pickle story? I don't know. Okay, I am one of the few men on this planet who have known his wife is pregnant before she does. Because she wanted pickles. Yes. Ah. Yeah, freshman year of college. I was talking to her on the phone because we were uh, living apart at that time. She was up north. So she calls me and she's telling me about her day. And she said, yeah, and it was so weird. I had a hankering for pickles. So I went to the grocery store and I bought a jar of pickles and I ate the whole thing. And I uh. said, you're pregnant? <laughs> and she's, she said, what? <laughs> what? What? And I said, oh, well, that's what that means. Like you get a craving and you eat pickles. And she, <laughs> That's ridiculous. I've never heard of that. And don't even say that. Oh, wow. (laughs) So then we're talking about this for a bit. My roommate comes by and I say, hey, Caesar, Cara said she went and bought a jar of pickles and ate the whole thing. And so she hears over the phone, she's pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, stop saying that. But yep, she was pregnant. Wow. That's a thing. To this day, she is bitter towards pickles. And (laughs) like she won't eat one at the restaurant, even though she kind of likes pickles. She's like, no, I'm I'm not pregnant. Uh, (laughs) Those are only for pregnant women. (laughs) No, you can eat pickles. It's okay. It's just you bought a whole jar. It was a small jar. (laughs) Well, you didn't tell me that. And still. That's really funny. Yeah. So that's my my pickle story. You know, there's an I Love Lucy episode where she craves pickles because she's She's pregnant. It's true. Of course there is. Yeah, I only remember hearing about pickles and cheese logs. Cheese logs? Mm-hmm. Is that a common thing or you're saying Kara wanted it? No, like those are just the stereotypical foods I've heard of. <laughs> I've only heard, I've heard pickles and I've heard ice cream. I've never Oh yeah, I have heard I have logs. heard ice cream. Cheese logs. That's so random. My mom apparently really wanted plums when she was pregnant with me. Oh, that sounds healthy. So she ate a bunch of plums. Apparently, she had a neighbor who had a plum tree. So they were like, yes, get pregnant all the time. Nice. Here's a million plums. We tell Andrew he's made mostly out of Thin Mints, the Girl Scout cookies, (laughs) because Cara ate a lot of those Uh, while she was pregnant with him. Nice. Uh, That's the best Girl Scout cookie. It's delicious. You know what's not very good? Wait. Samoa. The the one with coconut in it? Yes, right? All right. Gross. I'll still eat them. Oh, I won't. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we're still listening to music, music that will heal our headaches slash hearts. You know, I feel bad. I wasn't thinking about your migraine as they were going around making those noises. Neither were they. Neither were they. Or maybe they were. Actually, I feel like they thought they were treating it, which is insane. But anyway, (laughs) so they took out something called a shrewdy box. Yeah. And they asked us if we'd ever seen one of these before. And I said, well, it looks like a modified harmonium. Yeah. And I just said, yeah, I'd seen one because I think I was just thinking of a harmonium. Because it has a built-in billows in the back of it Mm -hmm. and then in the front there are these holes and the sound comes out and you can then choose which holes to block or not block with these little levers they have 
So sure enough, they would kind of compress it and it made the sound just like a harmonium. Yeah, it was very pretty. If you've never seen a harmonium and you're driving and listening to this podcast, it's kind of the same principle as uh, an, an accordion. accordion. Yeah. Again, yeah. You've got this billow, but there's just one hinge on the back of a box, and that is that bellow. And then you have piano keys, essentially, on the front. And we talked about those in our SRF, Self-Realization yeah. Fellowship Investigation, because they play those constantly. Very pretty sounds, v- especially cool. if you know how to work it. Yes. But even if you don't, it won't sound bad. It's like the harp. You can stroke mm-hmm. a harp and it will sound fine. You can't just bang on piano keys. Right. It won't be uh, maybe an organized sound, but it'll be a right. pleasant sound. And I think it was the same thing with this instrument. So it was spewing forth sounds. And then they asked us to join in with our own notes. So, so we're all harmonizing. I could only hear Drew and myself. Mm. So I think he was maybe just uh, drowning you out from my vantage point. But yeah, we would just choose some note and, oh. There was a point where she was making these like noises, so I did that too. And that's when the priest came running from the other side of the room. <laughs> to run away. <laughs> yeah, we did that for a while. That was pleasant. Yeah, that was certainly better than having the chimes and the gonging drum next to my head. I wish I could remember the name she had for the chimes, like ganji chimes, something like that. I like the sound, but I get totally why they would not be No, I like the sound too. If you don't bang them together, (laughs) then yeah. It was a very cool sound. I I was thinking, boy, they've got a great Foley shop here Yeah, with these swords, the ohm swords, and these gongs and the shrewdy box i mean they can make all kinds of cool spiritual sounds carrie's got her hands out like well, jesus speaking of sounds we haven't mentioned that rebecca drew was nominated for a grammy <laughs> burying the lead that's right she introduced herself as grammy nominated yes now we have no idea what this nomination we was tried in to look it for. up nope Nope, can't find it anywhere except on her website where she just keeps mentioning her Grammy nomination. She says she's Grammy nominated with an eight Ah, instead of an eight. Very good. So yeah, if you want to find what she was nominated for, I'd like that. Internet, do your thing. So yeah, she talks about being like a sound healer. So yes. I think that's what was happening Lots here. Lots of sounds being generated. That we can't disagree with. There are definitely sounds. <laughs> uh, so this is where I asked how much the skull was. Yeah. And they told you. I did it. I It was pretty graceless. How much is that scully in the window? <laughs> I just, I kept, Arf. thank you. I kept thinking it and there was just no moment for it. And so finally I was like, may I ask how much was the skull? And Misty said, why do you want to buy one? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm just curious how much Susan sold it to you for. <laughs> I feel this happens a lot where I have a question I want to ask and then I decide, nope, decorum does not allow me to ask this question. (laughs) Carrie raises her hand. She asked the question I wanted answered. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it was one of those I can't walk away and not know this. (laughs) I need to know exactly what kind of. I've got Brooklyn and Sheets, but I'm not going to sleep tonight unless I know the answer. Also, when they were talking about Susan, Rebecca was saying, they kept telling us to go be activated by Susan. Go to Susan, be activated. Go to Susan, be activated. And it started (laughs) sounding to me like Susan Susan B. Anthony. Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I was just reading about Lucy Stone. Ricardo. 
Hey, oh wow, there's a Lucy connection there. Um, oh my gosh, it's a synchronicity. Guys, I love Lucy so good. Here are the three best TV shows that were ever written. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Dick Van Dyke Show, I Love Lucy. All right. Lucy Stone, yeah. She was a early abolitionist, suffragist, and vocal advocate for women's rights. Oh, okay. Cool. I just, I'd never heard of her before. I was reading better. Like, I haven't heard she's of her either. Pretty badass. You know, just the other day, I said something about Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Drew had never heard of her. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, so that was close to the end. At one point, Misty came up with a Taurus. Which is pretty great. Oh my gosh, that's right. It looked like it was straight out of the Tauruses that we saw in the Thrive documentary. So if you're not a Max Fun member, you haven't heard this, but we covered a documentary called Thrive for our members. And <laughs> we um, watched all two hours of it or whatever. Oh my it was. god, it's insufferable. I think we were very tired and a little cranky. <laughs> Probably, and it didn't make it better. But yeah, the narrator really fixates on the concept of a Taurus and how it's all over humanity and the universe, blah, 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 blah. So she had this metal collapsible, roughly Taurus shape. She she said donut slash Taurus, but it wasn't really, but it had all those interconnecting circles that formed a larger sort of Taurus-like shape, sort of a flattened Taurus. And it looked very much like the ones they showed in crop circles in that documentary. Mm -hmm. So I I really wanted to ask. I'm surprised you didn't ask because I wanted to ask and didn't if she had seen Thrive. Also, I think I was worried that I would extend the conversation when Uh they were clearly wrapping this up. This was the end, yeah. And I I felt bad enough for them already. I didn't want to belabor any of this. But she held it up and she said, the electromagnetic field of our hearts is the same as As the the electromagnetic (laughs) field of the earth. What is that even? What? Okay. What? I I don't know if that's true or false, but if true, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't think it can be true or false. That's just a ridiculous I, thing. Yeah, yeah, say. you're right. Because the electromagnetic f- the Earth is very big, and the <laughs> electromagnetic field is going to vary throughout it. And, uh, please don't send us emails. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she said that, and I'm still I'm looking at the Taurus, thinking, what does this have to do with the Taurus? And then she tells us that the Taurus is everywhere. Do you remember what exactly you said about the Taurus? It connects us to the universe kind of stuff? Yeah, something about the, the power of the universe. It, w- it was very... It was really vague. Grand scale statement about how everything is all interconnected in dimensionality by the power of this Taurus. I got this feeling while she was saying it like, oh... You listened to someone else explain this and were won over, but now you don't really remember the details. And it was probably that Thrive documentary. I would not be surprised if it were the Thrive documentary. And then she's like, I got to buy a Taurus. <laughs> I can't afford, afford the car, so I'm going to get this wire thing. I mean, they have a legitimately, I would say, cool collection of spir- artifacts, spiritual implements, right? Yeah, totally. No, so I'd. I dig their collection. If that crystal skull were. <sighs> Hmm. Mm, No, $50. (laughs) I think I'd go for it. All right. Yeah, you could probably sell it to me for $25. (laughs) Okay. Maybe. Depends what mood I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Uh, You know what? To have a crystal skull like that around, yeah, I'd do $25. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe we can each go in $25, $25 if anyone's ever selling one for $50. Split custody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm calling it Uric. So it was the end of the show. Now, there are no real sound cues in the show no like you know usually when you're walking into a play 
there's music. And when you leave a play, there's music. In this case, there's just sort of an awkward like, well, I guess that's we're done it. Now. It's uh, been an honor. And uh, why don't you silently pick up your purse and uh, we will all file out and we they, will watch you walk out. Well, they gave us all hugs. That was very sweet. Said we're so huggers here. As we were leaving, they hugged us all. They said that you gave a really good hug. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah, it was really sweet. I think it was Misty. She said to Drew, go travel. And I want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they said they wanted to hear back from all of us. Oh, that's really nice. On our various successes once we'd uh, done all the things. Or or just uh, call us back anyway. Yeah. So I think the way they should hear back from us is that our listeners should flood spiritual ecstasy at the Fringe Festival. Be nice. Be respectful. Don't be weirdos. And say the lady with the migraine and the guy with the busy schedule recommended that you go yeah exactly and they send their love Um, i I thought they were delightful i thought they were very sweet yeah they were very fun to to hear their outlook on life i was telling you earlier because having this thought just how sweet this is that humans our whole existence we've just been like trying to figure out how to help one another and we just throw spaghetti at a wall trying to figure it out <laughs> and as i was watching one of them dance around with her little chimes this thing like oh you know this is a lot like doing a dance for the rain or mm. whatever you know mm-hmm. it's just like we just keep trying to make life better for one another and sometimes it's a, a kind of silly attempt but this is really sweet uh, that's true there was a lot of dancing with arms up in the air at various points in the performance my mca <laughs> so the they made a, a great effort they had the energy even though there was just three of us in the audience yeah yeah so go see it it's good it's my favorite play so uh you got any ratings for it <laughs> pseudoscience oh boy listen there were no hot drinks oh no wait i think you could buy coffee there okay it's funny I was trying to get a cookie and then offering to buy it water for Carrie. And somehow this ended up with Carrie buying both of them for me. <laughs> it was $2. It's okay. <laughs> $2 cookie. It, it was, was a, my gift to you. It was a good cookie. Oh, good. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Well, I do. I handed her $5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty pseudoscience-y, not very pocket drainy, uh, not very dangerous. Ah! Maybe a little dangerous with the medical intuitive. Oh but, yeah, but S- some bad medical advice. Then. Yeah, uh, it's a good time. <laughs> Listen, I have a migraine. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, we'll give you all hugs and send you on your way. Yeah. Uh, that's it for this show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa, and our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can see pictures and a video of Ross using the sword at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. Oh my gosh. And we got an email from someone who told us that you can enter the forward slash or the backslash and your most uh, your browser will browsers will it correct oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's true. Ross, how could you not tell me that oh, after was, all these years? It was just fun watching you make a big deal out of which direction the slash is going. Oh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> and also find us at Twitter, Oh No Podcast. And you can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And by the way, Max Fun fans, I think you are going to love who is guesting on our next episode. I can't say who it is, but he's kind of Max Fun royalty. So look forward to that. And remember. Um, so I want to be able to, to cut that energetic pattern that keeps you away from you.
love and really focusing on what makes your heart beat, right? What gives you passion. Um, and Thank you. Yes, J. Keith Van Stratton? What's the difference between a layover and a stopover? I have no idea. What's the difference between optimal and optimum? I have no idea. What's the difference between an actual conversation and a promo for our new show on Maximum Fun, Go Fact Yourself? Nobody has any idea. Go Fact Yourself, the game show with celebrity contestants, super smart experts, and answers to questions you've never even asked. Listen twice a month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And be in the audience for our tapings of Go Fact Yourself in downtown L.A. It's free. Go to GoFactYourPod.com for more info. We're having a very realistic conversation. Yes, we are. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.